Hello, and welcome to this latest edition of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Happy Monday, everybody. Happy President's Day to those uh, who live in the United States, of course. And, you know, we have a lot to get to today uh, in Penguin land. A lot of stuff transpired um, this weekend. Well, of course, right as I muted, thank God I didn't get the whole sound of the text uh, message. I had to mute it just in time. But a lot of stuff happened in Penguin land this weekend. Two big wins against the Montreal Canadiens and the Detroit Red Wings. So we can just get right into it. Um, the Montreal Canadiens game was basically the Jason Zucker game. Uh, wow. Uh, you can just, you can definitely feel his impact uh, right away. The chemistry with Sidney Crosby is unbelievable. Got his first two goals in a Penguin uniform. Um, he's probably on pace to outscore Alex Galchenyuk in about a week of being a Penguin. So uh, the Penguins have that uh, going for them right now. He just, you could just really just tell how fast he is on the ice. Um, he flies out there. His playmaking ability is great. I love his shot. Um, him and Crosby looks like they work mag- like magic together. And it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch them uh, together for the next couple years. Uh, as, of course, he's under contract for the next three seasons after this one. Uh, putting Dominic Simone on that line has helped tremendously. Uh, Simone is just such a great playmaker. I um, mean, he does all those little things so, so well. I've said that so many times on this podcast. And also, apologies <clears throat> for my voice lately. Um, I think it was because I probably drank too much on Saturday night as I was up in D.C. So apologies if I sound a little sick. Um, it's not uh, my intention, of course. I've not been sick. But anyways, back to uh, the Penguins at hand. I just had to get that out. Um, yeah, just a really great game from Zucker. Um, he's fitting right in. You know, great to see that his family came uh, for that game and just for the weekend um, uh, to visit Pittsburgh, you know, see how it's going to be uh, going forward with them. But, um, of course... Uh, Chris Letang was able to get another goal. He um, also he also got a goal against the Red Wings. I believe he is on. The Penguins actually tweeted this out today. He is on a um, a six game point streak. Um, if I'm actually not mistaken. Oh no, my apologies. It's five games. Yep, yep. Sorry about that. So three goals, uh, six six points in five games. Uh, yeah, power play goal of course against the Red Wings. Uh, with uh, that goal yesterday and the goal on um, Friday against the Indians, he has four goals in his last seven games and, of course, you know, a goal in his last two games. So Chris Letang um, having a, another tremendous season, um, even though he's been stripped, uh, well, you know, paired with Jack Johnson uh, for most of this season, ever since Brian Dumoulin got hurt in December. We still don't know when Brian Dumoulin is going to start skating. So to have the season that Letang is having, uh, to be on points for, pace for almost – 60 points, definitely way over 50. Um, I think he's almost about to um, pass his career high in goals, which is, I believe, at 16. I think he's just about a couple shy from tying his career high. He's probably going to pass it by the season's end. Um, he's another another tremendous season. Um, I think you talk about him more in the Norris Trophy um, race if he was paired to Brian Newman and not Jack Johnson because he's just been really, really good this year. Of course, he missed a little bit of time with the injury, which always sucks, but... Um, just another marvelous season for Chris Letang. Um, I still, we all know, I don't know why people get so mad about him. He, yes, he makes mistakes. He, he sometimes is responsible for a couple goals against, but the good far, far, far outweighs the bad. Um, even though he makes $7 million per year, that's kind of a bargain price for just how good he is and how much he brings to the team. Um, he's just been absolutely outstanding, and it's just been so much fun to watch him this season. Um, Zach Ashton Reese was able to get out of his goal scoring drought. I think it was around, it was, I know it was over 15 games. I think it was like a 16 to 17 game, um, goal drought that he was on or one goal in his last 16, 17 games, something like that. So good for him to get that empty net goal. That was nice. And then 
Um, Tristan Jari, um, nothing short of spectacular for him. Um, only allows the one goal. I thought it was a, a pretty nice shot um, by um, Thomas Tatar, of course, who the Penguins were actually interested in um, before the deadline, before they got Jason Zucker. So Tristan Jari, 971 save percentage. Um, you know, I tweeted this during the game when I was watching it. It just it feels so great to have two number one goaltenders right now playing their asses off. Um, we're going to get to the game against Detroit yesterday where Matt Murray was just spectacular and I mean, but, you know, with Tristan Jari, it's just, you know, he, he had a little bit of that rut um, about a couple weeks ago when he was allowing three or more goals um, in a lot of those games. Even though he was winning, he didn't look as sharp. Of course, he wasn't going to play like a 950, 960 goaltender all season. Goalies have an up range of highs and lows. That was going to happen. But um, to see him rebound, um, to keep this pace up, um, this is this is no fluke. Um, this guy is the f- potential future number one goaltender of the Penguins, um, especially when no one knows what's going to happen with Matt Murray this summer with the extension and, of course, the expansion draft coming up. But um, he's potentially playing his way into being um, a starter going forward for the Penguins, though. Um, if I had to make a guess right now is who's to start game one in the playoffs, like I said, I think it will be Matt Murray um, as, um, because of his recent play as of late. But just a really, really um, great game from Jari. He made some really stellar um stops on all the Montreal uh, skaters. Um, some really great uh, grade A chances were stopped by hand. Um, and, you know, I think the Penguins are just going to keep going with this 1A, 1B thing, you know. I start one, you start one. I scratch my back, you scratch yours, whatever, whatever. Um, that's why I just that's why I think they're going to keep doing it. And you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, it. It's great to have this problem right now because one of these guys is going to play into starting game one of the playoffs um, when the Penguins eventually make it. Um, it's probably going to come a lot uh, earlier than a lot of teams in this league. Um, I think the top four teams in the East are probably going to be the first teams to clinch a playoff spot as a whole. But, um, yeah, it's just a great problem to have. Um, a really good win by the Penguins. They were able to win two out of three against Montreal. Uh, Montreal, you could definitely tell, was missing Shea Weber. Um, they're just That's a that's a that's not a really a good hockey team. Uh, poor Claude Julian out there. I know he's a really, really good coach, but... Um, that team needs to just get a lot better. I don't really, I don't see them. They're not, obviously not going to make the playoffs this year. I'll be curious to see what Mark Bergevin has up his sleeve for the deadline. And um, potentially in the summer, you always know he sometimes likes to be an herb and uh, do a bunch of stuff. But yeah, it was a great job to get the win. They moved to within uh, still three points, um, even though they're at one point out of the Washington Capitals right now. But yeah, I'm just a really, really good team win. Uh, Cindy Crosby, you know, like I said, a really, really good game, assisted on. Three of the four Penguins goals. Uh, both um, he had both of the primary assists, I believe, on Jason Zucker's goals to get for his two first two of the season. And then Teddy Bluger, of course, had an assist. Patrick Hornquist, um, Dominic Simone had part of an assist. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about all Hornquist coming up in this next segment because uh, wow, you know he's really turned it up as of late, and especially um, in the game against the Detroit Red Wings yesterday. I thought he was just uh, marvelous. All right, so of course the Penguins were able to get um, their win against the Red Wings on Sunday, five to one. Um, I unfortunately was not able to watch the game. I only got to see the highlights because um, I was driving back to Blacksburg from Washington D.C. for from Valentine's Day weekend. We're spending up. I was just spending up there um, the weekend up there, excuse me, uh, with my girlfriend. But um, what I remember what I was able to tell some people were uh, tweeting me. I was, I was asking questions how they were playing. It looked like the Penguins had a rough few minutes, which is of course to be expected going up against an inferior opponent. But as the game goes on, you start to dominate a team like that, and it looks like that's exactly what the Penguins did in a five to one victory against the, uh, the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings were able to strike first. 
I'm watching, watching the replay. I have no idea what Jack Johnson was doing. It looked like he lost his man. It wasn't anywhere near the puck. Really, also, really uh, pretty passing play, I think it was uh, from Bertuzzi to Valtteri Filippula. I always forget that Valtteri Filippula is back on the Red Wings, considering that he's been with so many teams these past couple seasons, um, with the Flyers and went to the Islanders. I think that's when he had like his 20-goal season. And then, of course, is now back with the Red Wings after signing with them um, in the offseason. Yeah, I don't know why I forget that all of a sudden, but um, whatever, I guess. But um, Matt Murray, yeah, really no chance on it. He was a little out of position, but still, it was just a really, really nice passing play. It's really hard to read a play like that. But um, the Penguins were able to strike back and strike back quick. Uh, the first goal was really given to uh, Hornquist, but I, I think it was uh, Sam Lafferty that got it. Um, um, you know, that's another goal for him. You know, he's playing his way. Um, and he's he's going to keep playing in the lineup until these uh, forwards eventually get healthy. I know even with um, Buke, Stan, and Cahoon uh, coming back soon, hopefully, um, I think Lafferty is going to be on the outside looking in with that. But he's, it's, he's going to make a case, I think. I mean, I think he's definitely going to be the 13th forward on this team when this team is fully healthy. He deserves to be up here. He deserves to get games in. But when this team is fully healthy, I just don't see him um, in the top 12 boards, even though he has had um, a pretty decent year for his standards. He's, all, he's actually approaching almost 10 goals um, this season, which is pretty crazy uh, considering I think that this is his first, um, um, excuse me, his first full season in the uh, the NHL. So um, yeah, just great for Sam Lafferty uh, for that. Yeah, I, I, he's, I mean, I, he was getting a little close, but he's still playing 42 games, so six goals, 12 points. It's really actually not, actually not bad for a fourth liner. Um, he's probably, if he keeps playing, I could definitely see him getting that 10 goal mark. That would be really nice for him to get in his first uh, uh, full season in the league. So really nice to see that. Of course, we already talked about Crystal Tang, another really strong game for him. Beautiful shot from the point to beat Jimmy Howard. And poor Jimmy Howard yesterday, fellas. Uh, poor guy was just under siege um, all game. He was eventually pulled um, in the game. He was just uh, really, really bad. Allowed four goals on uh, six, uh, 16 shots, uh, 750 save percentage. He's eventually relieved by Jonathan Bernier, who finished with 947, had 18 saves on 19 shots. Um, only gave up the one goal. I think it was the fifth goal to... Um, uh, Patrick Hornquist, if I'm not mistaken, though. Uh, and of course, uh, let's get to Hornquist now. Uh, just an outstanding game from him. Uh, wow, I mean, he's just. Um, he's, it's kind of been a little bit, I think, of a weird season uh, for Hornquist. Like some games, you just you're like, oh, I don't really notice him a lot. But other games, like yesterday, you know, it, it, some people are like, wow, how does he have 14 goals this year? Well, I'll tell you why. You know, he's still really good in front of the net. He's getting shots on net. He's you know, he's just he's doing his thing. That's what he's best at. And when you go to the front of the net, you get rewarded. And a lot of most of all of his goals. And, and um, I'm just trying to correct my thoughts here. I'm probably speaking a little bit too fast, so my apologies. Um, I did say yesterday that 12 of his 14 goals this season have come at even strength, and that's really really good because a lot some of the times during his Tangum tenure, a lot of his uh, points have come via the power play because he's been on the top power play getting assists, getting goals around the net. But the fact that he's able to get um, goals now at even strength, and like I said, 12 of his 14 this year have um, that's amazing, and he's just he's been really really good um, for the Penguins this season. Like I said, 14 goals now, he's approaching 20. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets there. Um, I really, really root for that. Um, if you guys um, also do not read Josh Yoey's piece in The Athletic on Patrick Hornquist today, I very much advise you to go do that. Um, just a really, really good piece on, you know, just his confidence last year and putting last year behind him considering his injuries and how he just went into this year with um, everything going forward and even also playing on the fourth line, which is 
Um, pretty new for Horn because he hasn't really done that basically at all throughout his career. And, you know, just with how deep the Penguins are, it's just, it's basically a necessity at this point. So, like I said, really good to see him get rewarded yesterday, a three point effort for him. Um, Sidney Crosby was able to get a goal. Um, what a shot that was to beat uh, Howard. Uh, very pretty passing play. Um, uh, Simone gave it to Pedersen. Simone is just, like I said, so good in, in the offensive zone. Got to Pedersen, who just uh, fired it across ice to Sidney Crosby, and he let that slop shot rip uh, over Jimmy Howard. That is a vintage Sidney Crosby uh, top shelf goal. Um, you don't really see him rip it too often anymore, but that was a really, really nice uh, goal for him to get a two point effort uh, for him. Uh, we already talked about, of course, Lafferty, Chris Letang. And then um, it feels like I'm missing uh, someone who uh, scored. I, I guess I, I really do not think I am. So, yeah, I guess I was – I guess because I thought Patrick Hork was, of course, had his hat trick, but it was taken away, and that first goal was given um, to Sam Lafferty because it was hard to tell who, who it went in off. I think they gave it to Hornquist first, but then, like I said, they changed it to Lafferty. So, um, too bad the fans can't get their uh, tickets uh, – their <laughs> tickets, their hats back because they threw them all on the ice because they thought it was a uh, – Patrick Hornquist, as the Penguins' uh, official Twitter account likes to tweet out. But yeah, just a really, really good win. That win now puts them into one point back now of the Washington Capitals, everyone. Believe it or not, they are almost in first place in the Metropolitan Division. And as I tweeted out yesterday, this would be um, their first Metropolitan, their first division title, I should say, Metropolitan or not, since the 2013-14 season and their first time having home ice in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first, at least the first two rounds since 2013-14. It's something that has not happened very often. Uh, it would be really nice. It would be, it would be yeah, yeah, really, really nice for the Penguins to um, hopefully get that um, in the playoffs. I just The Penguins just are, I think, are a much different team at home than they are on the road. They're one of the best teams at home this season. I think they're um, in the top three among all teams for wins at home. Um, I have to double-check their record, but I think it's somewhere around the lines of 21 in five and four or something like that. They have not lost uh, very many games at home in regulation. Um, it's a very rare occurrence. And, you know, just look at, you know, outside of opening night against the Sabres, they've only lost a, just a very handful of times, a very couple times at home. It's not very often. Um, in regulation, I should say, you know, they've lost a few games in overtime there. And yeah, yeah, after officially just checking it, yeah, 21 and five and four. So yeah, basically I was right. Um, yeah, like I said, outside of that Buffalo game, only four regulation home losses from opening night. Uh, that's nothing short of outstanding. That's one of the best records um, at home um, in the NHL. So like I said, really, really nice to get that home ice. But overall, a dominant performance. That's how you dominate an inferior team that, uh, these last two games. Much needed wins. That's how you need to bank points against teams that are not in the playoff race. That's exactly what they did. And now going forward, they're going to have a big home and home this week against the Toronto Maple Leafs. A team that is also fighting to get into the playoffs, though they just got embarrassed by the Buffalo Sabres of all teams yesterday who have had a just disastrous year. I just feel so bad for Jack Eichel. And then, of course, they will play uh, the Sabres. They actually play Jack Eichel's Sabres um, at home this Saturday before a matinee Sunday afternoon matchup against the Washington Capitals for the second time out of four games this season. It's actually crazy to believe that the Penguins and the Capitals play all four of their games this season. Um, in afternoon time. None of them are evening. They're all either 12.30 or 1 o'clock start times. Even the two games in Pittsburgh will be, I believe, at 1 o'clock. So that's just pretty crazy to think about. But yeah, the Penguins are now very well positioned to make a series from the Metropolitan Division. And they have games in hand on all, all these teams. All, all these teams in the division, even the ones that are chasing them, they have games in hand. And if they use them to their advantage, they can create even more uh, space between you know the Islanders, the, the Flyers, the Jackets, and 
potentially even create space getting into the top spot in the Metro. Very exciting times right now um, for the black and gold uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, just, you know, really, really great stuff. All right, so I wanted to close the show with a couple of mailbag questions and then, of course, some trade talk. Um, there were some, of course, there were the two big trades yesterday around the Metropolitan Division. Uh, the Islanders acquiring Andy Green for a second-round pick and um, a prospect. And then, of course, the Devils sending Blake Holman to the Tampa Bay Lightning for one of their top prospects. And their first-round pick that they got, um, I think it was Vancouver's first-round pick that they got uh, for, for dealing uh, J.T. Miller. Um, these deadline pr- uh, prices are very expensive. Uh, this is a lot more expensive than I thought they would be. I can kind of see why now that teams are a little reluctant to uh, trade, especially with these prices. Um, I'll start, you know, with the Blake Coleman deal. You know, I know Blake Coleman is underrated. You know, he makes less than $2 million per year, has two consecutive 20-goal seasons. Um, I think Jason Zucker is a better player than him. I, he's he's under more term than um, Coleman is. I think he's a better playmaker, better uh, goal scorer. But, um, but, you know, to see that the Lightning gave up basically the same asking price uh, that the Penguins did, um, to get Zucker and for them with Coleman, um, it just goes to show that I much prefer this uh, deal for the Penguins with Zucker than I did for Blake Coleman because, like I said, Zucker's the better player. He's has under more term. And, you know, the Lightning are going to also be facing some serious uh, cap crunches this summer. Um, we all know the Lightning are going to be are going forward again. This is the third consecutive year that they're doing this. They have one of the best teams in the league. There is no um, excuses to not make a run to the cup final with that team, um, especially after getting embarrassed by the Blue Jackets in the playoffs. Um, last offseason. I don't think that'll happen again, but you know, crazier things have happened, but still, um, that's a very high price to play for a player like Blake Coleman, who I don't think a lot of people like know how good he is. And like I said, it's not that he's not a bad player, but he's a good player. It's just that asking price for him is very, very high. And I would not have paid that if I were a contending team, but you know what, if Tampa's going for their cup, so it's, it's not going to handcuff them too, too much, even though they will have salary cap concerns over the summer uh, to keep Blake Coleman and all that. They're probably going to have to clear uh, more salary. But, you know, it just goes to show that these these prices for these bottom six forwards like Blake Coleman or someone you can put in on the, on the third line, they're expensive. And, you know, Jason Zucker, like I said, was the exact same, but he's a top six winner. So I understand that more. Blake Coleman, I don't, I don't think is anything more than maybe a fringe top six winger, uh, a third liner. Um, you can put them on anywhere basically on those two lines and he'd probably be fine but it's just yeah it's just a big one and of course the rental defensive market which the penguins are probably thinking about dipping their toes um into a little bit um Andy Green that was acquired for a second round pick I'm I'm sorry that's nuts like for someone like Andy Green who's 37 years old he's not very good he does one thing good and that's probably got good at shock blocking and of course the Islanders would be the team to acquire him because Lou Lamoureux loves that stuff, and that's exactly how the Islanders play. It's no shock that they did that, even though they need desperately need way more offense, and that's just an offensively uh, starved team. Um, you know, that's just if that's the price for the rent, the defensive market for the deadline, Jim, just go ahead and pass, man. I, I'm, I'm not giving up a second and a prospect to get a, a defenseman like Andy Green. I mean, you know, I mean, if if he gets that, what does Marco Scandella or Brendan Dillon get? What does Alec Martinez get? Uh, from the Los Angeles Kings. I just I find a lot of that very, very weird that a team would trade um, those assets uh, to get someone like Andy Green. But the Devils did really, really good yesterday in those two deals. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald, of course, former Penguin assistant general manager, off to a good start as the interim general manager in New Jersey. And he's he's going to probably make his case to potentially, uh, potentially do this full-time. But we'll see what the Devils also have in store for the deadline. Is I think that Sammy Vatanen 
is also going to go in, um, there's probably going to be uh, more trade. Maybe they may trade uh, Kyle Palmerick as well. I've seen him in rumors. But um, to get to the mailbag questions, uh, we only have a couple uh, for today's show. Um, Nicholas Malsum uh, and Malsum18, he basically asked, where would you put Zucker in the lineup once Gensel comes back to being Crosby's left wing, switch him to right wing in Crosby's line, or move him down to Malkin's? Um, that's actually a really, really good question. So thank you for asking that, Nick. Um, if Jake Gensel comes back this season, um, I think what they – probably will do this is just my that's just my speculation just my guess but i think it's a good chance of it happening um i think they're going to keep the zucker crosby simone line and they're going to go gensel malk and russ um that top six is absolutely disgusting if they were to do that i know cahoon malk and russ has been really really good when all three of those guys are healthy um they're of course they're going to put cahoon back in um, that spot once he is cleared to play which could most likely be coming this week he even said this weekend that he just needs to be cleared for contact and then have a contact practice and then he's good to go. So that should be coming hopefully any day now. But um, that's what I think I would do. Um, especially I think that's what they may do next season. Uh, Gensel works with Crosby or Malkin. They both He's had really good success with both of those guys. I mean, of course, um, more success with Sidney Crosby, but he still had um, good goal-scoring success with Evgeny Malkin as well. Um, you could put him on the right wing with um, Zucker, but I feel like you know he's best suited to be on the left wing since you know that's his shooting side and everything. So, but like I said, thank you for that question. Um, that's really I'm excited to think about, especially if the Penguins do make a deep playoff run this season um, with um, and, and with Zucker and then of course Gensel coming back. Their top six would be absolutely uh, loaded. That's just that's not fair to a lot of teams in this league. Uh, this is from last week, uh, Alan Toyota from Tuesday game versus Tampa from IC in the arena. The few power play chances the Penguins had. It looked like Latang had decent chances to shoot but instead pass. Is this coaching or just personnel choice? Or just personal choice? Wouldn't they want to get pucks to the net, especially with Hornquist on that unit? Okay, so that's a really, really good question. Um, Chris Latang, he's sometimes he's a little maddening on the power play. You know, he'll pass up prime uh, shooting opportunities for a pass that's really not necessary. Uh, doesn't necessarily need to happen. Um, and then, of course, it sometimes leads to a turnover or um, just a clear um, by the opposing team. So um, you know, but like he did against Detroit, it looks like you know when he shoots like that, it pays off. I think he does sometimes need to shoot a little bit more. Um, but when he does shoot them, you know, it goes on net like the one against Detroit or it's there for a juicy rebound. Um, I think sometimes it's more pers- personal choice for him. Um, I know Mark Racky has come out under heat um, the past couple weeks when the power play was not doing good because um, some of these players were passing up prime scoring opportunities and, you know, they're lugging into the zone and all that. And you know what? That's, that's fair. But um, I think it's more personal choice than coaching. Um, they just, you know, they, when you see an opportunity to shoot the puck, you know, just, just fire it on that. You know, sometimes, you know, um, you don't need to make that extra pass to look like the Harlem Globetrotters or anything. Um, you know, I just, you know, just get the puck on net. You know, Horn, like you said, Hornquist is right there ready um, to jam it in. You know, he's just he's had a really good season uh, for the most part. And, yeah, I, I think that's mostly what I have uh, for that question. So um, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins. We'll have another episode coming Probably after tomorrow night's game, we'll talk about the game against the Maple Leafs, as this is a home-and-home, of course. Um, I'm really excited to watch this game against the Leafs. They haven't played the Leafs in, I think, a few months now. Um, You know, I always love watching these two teams go at it, especially with all the skill on each team. And uh, for those that are not in Pittsburgh, the game will be on NBC Sports Network. So um, just always uh, uh, make sure you guys tune in. You guys won't have to stream it tomorrow on um, Sports Surge or Reddit and Shell Streams or anything like that. So, like I said, thank you guys so much for listening. 
to this episode of Locked On Penguins, and we will talk to you soon.